Pleasure Principles is brought to you by Sky Hill, providing sex and relationship therapy to individuals, couples, and families in the Twin Cities. Welcome to Pleasure Principles, a sex therapy podcast aimed to educate, advocate, and instigate conversations. Yay, Kelvin! Hey, Jenny! It's just us today! Yeah! I kind of like it. Conversing, talking about <laughs> things... Yeah, things. things. What kind of things stuff. do we want to talk about today? Well, I was thinking that we could talk about sex and culture. You know, a small subject. Yeah, let's not Something, take on anything too big. Thing, things we could talk about <laughs> in a in a half hour. <laughs> okay, but sex and culture. Specifically thinking about how does our culture tackle sexuality? Mm-hmm. And where does that intersect with the work that we do? To simplify that even further, maybe what are some of the wildest things that our culture, maybe norms that as sex therapists we run into a lot and we have to kind of unpack with folks? Yes, I'm shaking my head here going, I feel like I do that every day, whether I'm teaching or doing therapy or doing supervision or just talking to my own kids. It's constantly unpacking things or taking in any anything, just existing in our culture. It's like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a big thing. So sex and culture, <laughs> or the wildest things. So my favorite questions to ask people, what's kind of, uh, I like the responses I get. So my first question is, what do you think our most important sex organ is? And usually there's a little kind of like uncomfortable. <laughs> like, do, um, I, do I say genitals? Can I say, can I say penis? <laughs> can, I, can I say, you know, whatever. And typically... I give them a little bit of uncomfortable time, and then I say, it's your brain. Woo! Woo! We don't have to be too awkward. It's your brain, that right? That network of fat in your head. <laughs> and then I say, well, what is your biggest sex organ? Oh, my gosh. And that's even more fun. <laughs> because then they're like, them grabbing Ooh. their collars going, oh! <laughs> it's your skin. And so I think our culture really focuses on sex, and they think it's genitals. Yeah. Right? Like, it's about what we do with those things. And I think, yeah, it's a part. That's a really small part. If that's all we view as sexuality, we're taking a very narrow view on what sexuality is. Yeah, do you run into that? I run into that daily as well. I run into, yeah, the the idea of people equating sexuality and genitalia. Mm -hmm. And I have to wonder how much of that is because we don't talk about genitals, right? Sure. We don't acknowledge genitals as a culture. We don't, you know, we we censor genitals in media. I was just thinking unless it's, <laughs> this is awful. But again, unless it's something like, something we can laugh at, yeah, right? Like, ooh, course. somebody's, or, or poke fun. It's like mm-hmm. we can poke fun of it. To we an can, extent. We can like talk about things like in slang terms. and like For in, sure. I don't know, but it's like this we can't is, actually sit and talk because I was, it was just. This is that's a great point. That's something that I run into when I teach. So I teach at a sober house, and one of the big things that we talk about is how do we talk about sexuality? Mm-hmm. How do we talk about our bodies? Yeah. And I I generally point out that we have such a hard time as a culture saying penis, saying vagina, saying vulva, Mm -hmm. you know, that we run into issues, issues around miscommunication Mm -hmm. because slang terms 
vary by, you know, subculture. They yes. vary by region. They vary by... Age, maybe? A- uh, age. Yeah. <laughs> There's maybe. things I used to say as a <laughs> 13-year-old with no concept of sexuality That's true. that I, you know, didn't say when I was 19. And there's things I said when I was 19 that I would never say now. Right. Right? Because part of that is that, that you know, maturing and growing mm-hmm. into these things. So language is huge. And if we can't talk about our bodies, if we can't talk about genitalia, then, yeah, what what is our biggest sex organ? People are automatically going to be like, oh. They go right there. My schlong. Uh-huh. And it's like, nope. Yeah, Maybe you'd like <laughs> it to be, but also, it's actually your brain. No one says schlong. But <laughs> well, some people do. Some people do. But to say <laughs> it's that. It's kind of funny. To say that, you know, it. it when we think about it, when we push a little bit further, mm-hmm. of course it's our skin, right? Like right. it's this giant organ that encompasses our entire body. Right. But we're not. It kind of is one it. of those questions too. When I think about it, it's like we're made up of seventy percent water. Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind <laughs> of one know? of those things. Where, Did you know? Um, but it's kind of fun because it challenges that idea that we mm-hmm. have, where it's like sex is just behaviors. And it's genitals, yeah, right. And it's like what? And it's like no, it's not. My gosh, and it's one of the harder things I have. I have a harder time convincing people of that than almost anything else. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, really? I promise. I'm like, well, what do you mean? You know, what could it? What could it be? And I think it's partially because one, we don't we don't talk about it enough. No. Right. We think, oh, sex ed in schools. That's what we get. You know, so that's one of the things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of my like, this is insane. How can it be that this is how our culture views sex as something you do with your genitals? And that's it. Yeah. Well, and then I have to I have to imagine that for folks who are explicitly having sexual feelings about non-genital touching, mm-hmm. that that is going to create a lot of distress, right? Yep. And confusion. Of course. And so then we have to dig into that a little bit and say, well, if you're saying that sex is genitals and behavior, then mm-hmm. what's, you know, what is this person's sexuality? Is this sexual? Right. And, I mean, that's a tricky question, too. Is sure. that sexual? You know, all right, so you bring me to my other couple of favorite questions. Yeah, which for is sure. like, okay, so who cares? Yeah. Or, like, says who? Why does it matter? Right? Exactly. Can we allow people to be sexual and it doesn't have to freak us all out? Of course. But I think that that is a hard thing. That's the other, like, if it's sexual, we think... Oh, that's bad, or oh, mm-hmm. that's a big deal, or right. And in some cases it is, but in some cases it isn't. So it's kind of that. What do we do with sex? Like, what do we think about sex? Is sex something that's okay? It's that same thing you were talking about. We're going to keep coming back to that. Yeah, I think that that's going to be the overriding theme of this episode. <laughs> but to say, like, when I talk about this stuff to folks, I'll say, you know, we can talk about sex, or we can talk about sex, right? Like. <laughs> That there, Sucks. yeah, there's the, like, there's the, you know, if we could get to a place in our culture where we could just talk about sex mm-hmm. and that there's no, it's not loaded at all. That's not a heavy term. Mm-hmm. That, I think then we'll be starting to get to a place where more people can feel more comfortable. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Right. Talk about it. Commonly, I will make 
you know, things that people are coming in to talk about, about sex, I'll make it about something else yes. that's, uh, that also is every day yes. that carries less weight, right? So I'll say, okay, because I love food. And so I'll make it about food, right? Because usually I'm thinking about food. So I'm As like, I'm all right, staring well. staring at the donuts that we have yes. in the office. <laughs> so I'll say, yeah, what about, you know, do you like jelly-filled donuts or, or this kind of sprinkled donuts? Or what are, you, what are your preferences? I don't know if we've talked about this before, but like Alvin Accio, an awesome yeah. um, sex educator, yeah. will say, yeah, let's talk about pizza. Let's make sex about pizza. Like, what would you like on your pizza? Do you like, you know, or <laughs> when do you think we should order the pizza? Now or later? Instead of saying, like. Do we want Take and bake? Do right. we want oh, there's frozen? Lots of options. Do we want delivery? Stuff the crust. <laughs> <laughs> there's many options. And we don't think about sexuality like that, like something we can just openly discuss. Yes. And so I think culture plays a big role in that, mm-hmm. which begs the question I think that you and I run into all the time in our work, which is how do we change that? Yeah. How do we shift it so that? There isn't so much weirdness. I kind of think that's a part of why we do the darn podcast anyway. Yes. It's a part of why we do our work yes. is to say, hey, it can be something you can just talk about. Yeah, you can just talk about it. In my most recent class, I also teach at a grad school. And one of my students, who I hope listens to this at some point, said, every time, Jenny, you say, well, let's just talk about it. Right? Like, why don't we talk about it? Just talk about it. He's like, that's your phrase for everything. And I think, well, yeah, it kind of is. He also pointed out that I say super duper a lot. So, (laughs) Well, we have our things. We do. We do. We're allowed. Well, and so I think, yeah, I I guess this is maybe an awkward segue. (laughs) I'll work with it. But if we're going to talk about culture, one thing that I think about and comes up and maybe plays more into my like sex or sex mm-hmm. uh, is you know if I'm at Target we're in Minnesota it's the land of a million targets yes if I'm at Target and I'm checking out uh, in the checkout line I look over on the magazine stand mm-hmm. and I'll always see Cosmopolitan magazine yeah. and I you know sometimes you know I'm a sex therapist this is my job mm-hmm. sometimes I might just flip it open read some of the oh, come you on know. Kelvin you're interested in the articles of course of course I read it for the articles <laughs> oh no it's for work <laughs> but to say that a lot of people get information from magazines like Cosmopolitan yeah. and it's so interesting to me because I will see the same headlines month after month, you know, locate your G spot or did you know he has a G spot Mm -hmm. or, and I'm like, yeah, well, okay. Like where are we getting our sex information from? where, Where are we getting our sex information from? And also how long can you give the same sex information out? Sure. And package it differently. Right. And why is it we need the same? Why is it that people think we need the same information? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there must be some reason as to mm-hmm. why it is they are selling lots of magazines. Of course. You put G-Spot on, you know, in big, bold <laughs> letters, that's going to sell some magazines. I remember back in high school, sure. that was one of the nicknames that my my friends would give me, not G-Spot. But, I was like, uh, really? My no. gosh, Kelvin, I like this. They, they so would, they, more. People would call me, uh, a lot of my friends would call me the human cosmopolitan because gotcha. I would talk about sexuality and... 
I had a lot of friends that were female identified who would have mm-hmm. cosmopolitan sure. and we, you know, I'd read it with them and I'd be like, that, that information is not right. Or <laughs> that information is right to an extent, uh-huh. right? But limited. It's limited, right? Because what's going to keep you coming back is if you limit the information. Gotcha. So, so kind of saying, where are we getting the information and how accurate is the information? Yes. You know, so we're just going to run all over the place today. I love it. Because as you say that, I think, well, where are we relying on getting good information from? And if we're relying on magazines, you know, in the checkout line at the grocery store, I think we're missing something. And there was... It's not a peer-reviewed journal (laughs) in the checkout. Right. And my gosh, that's pretty scary if that's what we're saying. Hey, let's get our information from this as Mm -hmm. opposed to reliable resources. Mm -hmm. And there was a stat, and I was at a conference probably about a month ago, when one of the questions I had, I, you know, gave out a little survey and said, all right, everyone, try and see how many of these, you know, find people who know this information. And it was a true or false, like how many, or that wasn't true or false, it was fill in the blank. How many states require medically accurate sexual information be taught in schools? And no one knew the answer, of course, but me. So that was kind of fun. I had people come up and talk to me. 13. 13 states. In these 50 states that we call America. And I think, what? How can that be? Right? Like how that scares me. And I also, it makes sense as to why we don't know a lot about sexuality. We don't know how to talk about it. We don't know parts Right? Like, we don't know mm-hmm. body parts mm-hmm. because that's the other part. So if I have another yeah. big, like, bullet point, one is that we think sex is genitals and behaviors mm-hmm. and we forget mm-hmm. that it's more. Another one for me is that we don't we don't even know the parts. Yeah. <laughs> right? We think it's about parts, but we don't even know the parts that it's a, that encompass mm-hmm. where we, how we can express our sexuality because we're shown reproductive stuff and not even always accurate reproductive information we get. We don't get pleasure information. Yeah. So... Just case in point, a lot of people don't know still what a clitoris is. Yeah. And I think, well, that's kind of sad. It's a part of our body. For sure. So in my office, I have a few anatomical models. and That's right. The penis-owning model generally ha- like has everything. Uh-huh. The <laughs> vagina-owning model is missing parts. Isn't that crazy? And if what I, parts? The clitoris okay. is missing. <laughs> Where has it gone? I know. <laughs> Side and seek. Uh, the lost and found. Oh I I know, right? I have to like point it out to people. I'm like, well, this is where that should be, right? I can't believe it's missing. It's so a medical like- model that doctors typically have. It's from a legit medical model company huh. that sells to physicians. That's sad. I feel sad for the clitoris. Yeah, like. And so then I have to grab my wondrous vulva puppet, which is a little more accurate, but Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. totally accurate since it has like a rose where the urethra should be, but (laughs) that's on brand for that company. Yes, it's artistic. Uh, They're wonderful. And I'll show like this is where the clitoris should be, right? Mm -hmm. This is where the clitoral hood is. This is what that does, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and I'm so grateful that, you know, the wondrous vulva puppet company exists because they can provide a more accurate to an extent Mm -hmm. diagram versus the medical model company Mm -hmm. that's wild like i think that and that really highlights a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. i grew up 
during the abstinence only education era. Okay. And I wasn't Oh in... gosh, do you think that's over? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> I was kind say, of. No. Is that stopped or <laughs> kind of, but in some parts, yeah. In some parts. And I was lucky that my school gave more information than just abstinence only, but it was still really kind of turning into like turned into the like but abstinence is the only valid, mm-hmm. right? And it really, it always, thinking back about it, it reminds me of that scene from Mean Girls where the coach is doing a sex ed lecture and he says, you know, don't have sex. You will get pregnant and you will die. <laughs> and then he has a bucket full of condoms. He's like, all right, everyone take a rubber. And I show that clip actually when I teach because – I think for a lot of us, that sure. was our experience. Don't, mm-hmm. don't do this. Don't ever do this. Mm-hmm. Here's a tool to help, to help for when you you're do doing this. this. <laughs> so conflicting. I'm not going to show you how to put that on. I'm not right. going to show you where to check for expiration dates. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how a condom may not be good anymore if it's in the heat. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to give you any tools except for, well, I will, I'm going to give you the tool, but I'm not going to give you any information. Any information. It's like handing someone a screwdriver and be like, all right, nail that that nail into the wall. It's like, uh, what? Or how about keys and say, yeah. don't drive, but here you go. Here you go. Right? Not like giving people <laughs> condoms is giving anyone permission to do it, but it's, it's saying, I'm not going to give you any information. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you not to do it, and then I'm going to give you something that would indicate you could be doing this. Just in case of emergencies. I don't know. And I don't get like, that. Uh, yeah. That's really true. Yeah. I. So maybe that comes back to the awkward, right? Why, why is it so heavy? Why is sex so heavy and awkward? Yeah. And there's so many misunderstandings or misconceptions. Yeah, we're uncomfortable with it. It it's so funny. Yeah, it well, it's not funny. It's so interesting though because and we've talked about this before on the podcast. We're sex therapists. Mm-hmm. We work in sex therapy clinics. Yes, we do. This is true. People are intrinsically coming to us with mm-hmm. sexual problems. Mm-hmm. Or questions or, or qu- frustrations yeah. or something. Yeah. Any number of things. Usually sex is somehow in there. Usually. And still, people will be awkward about it. Oh, yeah. That's and right. and as therapists, you know, it's our job to not be awkward about it, right? We model the, like, we can talk about this, right? Like, yeah. how's sex going for you? Mm-hmm. What does sex mean for you? Sure. Or like, hey, how's masturbation going these days? You've been pretty down. I imagine you're maybe, you know, it's shifted. For sure, right? But that even with that understanding, that cultural understanding of, I'm going into this clinic, they talk about sex, mm-hmm. you can still it's see people just clam up and be like, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, again, it, the job is for us to then normalize and say, right. you know, how is that going for you? Mm-hmm. You're a human. It's part of being a human. Yes. You know, humans are inherently sexual. Yes. And it's How is that looking? Comes out. That's, okay, so one other piece and then maybe we'll get to the thing of like, what do we do? How do we challenge yeah. that? So one of my jobs is that I do, like I said, supervision. Mm-hmm. And I teach people who are working towards becoming therapists and sex therapists alike. And they, some people who are required to take a course on sexuality to get their graduate degree yes. will push against that and say, I don't need to take that course. 
I'll never have to work with that. I will never have to work with sexuality because I am not interested in working with sexuality. And what I love about the university and what they, how they challenge that is saying, okay, well, let's dig a little deeper into that. And I will be happy to meet with students who have that point of view because I think there's probably something something about that. There's probably yeah. something there for them to look at because I will say, so you want to work with humans, right? You want to work with families. You want to work with kids. Guess what? Then we're all sexual yeah. from birth till death. We express our sexuality differently over the course of our lifespan. Yeah. And when we look at things like childhood sexual abuse, when we look at things like about going through puberty, when we look at families, there's a lot of stuff that happens with sexuality. In fact, most of our learning about sexuality happens from our families in some ways, right? Like we're modeled behaviors about what you do with your body, how you talk about sex, how you don't talk about sex from our families. A lot of times that's where people say, yeah, I got a lot of either misinformation or the information that we don't talk about sex from our families. And if you want to be a family therapist and you want to work with humans, we got to learn about sexuality, right? And I just think there's, again, there's that idea that like, well, I'm not going to ever work with that. I think, well, yeah, you kind of are. You work with humans. And I I don't want that to be scary for you when that comes up in your office. And so let's let's have you come to class. Exactly. Usually we find a way around it. But I mean, even working in the field of, of therapy where we think we're to be trained and know certain things to create safe spaces for people, a lot of therapists also aren't comfortable with it. So I love that I'm able to teach at a grad school where they require that. Yeah. Which is odd because not all do. And no. I think, how come on? Well, the, my, my grad school didn't require that. Mm-hmm. And I had to s- seek it out. I was lucky enough where there was an additional class that was offered during a summer session that sure. was for, for credit but not, like, mandatory. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I'm a sex nerd, and so going into it, I was su- super stoked anyway, but mm-hmm. it was one of my favorite classes because it acknowledged all of those things. And one of the things that I got out of that class was the camaraderie of all the people in the class being able to yes. share in that intimacy of talking about sexuality and owning mm-hmm. some you know some fears people mm-hmm. owning misunderstandings of what sexuality may look like mm-hmm. people owning their own hang-ups and challenging them i love this and love we need it. more of that yes. i think we need more of that in our field and just in our culture and, in general yes, right so course. we're saying it's so layered and that's the thing where I say we are yearning for this in our culture is safe places to talk about sex. Yes. That's what therapy can be. That's what our podcast hopefully is, that we're creating safety, making it more of a norm. Yes. Because it, just like you said, it was amazing. There was so much camaraderie because there was safety. Finally, we're able to talk about something in a safe way in to express our fears, our excitement, our joys, our total failures mm-hmm. to say, hey, it's okay. It's okay to talk about this stuff and you can be safe Yeah. and talk about sex and you don't have to be weird or it doesn't have to be dirty or bad. And when people are allowed that, it is amazing, Yeah. right? Like We're not going to stigmatize you for right? being a sexual being because yeah. intrinsically we, yeah, are. we, we are. Or if, even if, you know, having sex with other people is not part of our sexuality, that there's still 
You some, still get to be a sexual person. Yeah, you can still be a sexual person. And yes. that, that's a major pillar in our lives as mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to do a whole episode on sex ed. Yes. I, I want to do a whole episode on that because where we get our information and like scrutinizing the information and how to be good consumers. Oh my goodness. You want to yeah. do that? Let's do that. That sounds like fun. That's one we could definitely like prepare for too. <laughs> and be a total, you can nerd out on oh that one. Oh my right? goodness. Yeah. I'm going to let you just run wild with that. For sure. Um, so this was our foray kind of into sex and culture. And I mm-hmm. think we're just going to have to piece it apart and do more episodes yeah. on sex and culture and invite people in to help us kind of pick pieces apart. There's no way we can, fin- you know, finish all of this in our 20 to 30 minutes. And, yeah, I think Here's that... a little tidbit. <laughs> I think this is the beginning of... Well, not even the beginning. We've had, had the beginning already. But this is the continuation of a general idea of how do we talk about this? Mm-hmm. Where can we go with talking about this? How can we model talking about this? And why is it important? Yes. Rock on. Yay, pleasure principles. All right. Well, please don't forget to write in if you have questions that you want either Kelvin or myself, Jenny, to answer or even any of the guests that we have when we have guests. Yes. And that's writing into info at skyhilltherapy.com. And we will make sure to answer your questions. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Please don't forget Pleasure Principles is brought to you by Sky Hill, providing sex and relationship therapy to individuals, couples, and families in the Twin Cities. Bye, guys. 